Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the work with me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vegan Business Talk. I'm your host, Katrina Fox, and I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Izzy Shu from JOI, which is a plant-based milk company, and JOI is short for Just One Ingredient. Now, Izzy is one of four co-founders of the company, and when what happened was Izzy and her fellow co-founders actually met in grad school, and they quickly realized that they had a shared passion for healthier lifestyles and a quest to make the world more sustainable. And they created a thesis project, an innovative solution to make plant-based milks cleaner, more accessible and more eco-friendly. In 2016, Joy was created. The company offers concentrates made from whole natural raw ingredients, which when blended with water, create customizable, instant, clean and nutritious plant-based milks. Before founding Joy, Izzy worked in marketing and brand identity, as well as graphic and production design. Izzy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So look, I'm going to have to ask you about the products because um, there's there are lots of different plant-based milks available now. And I think just before we came on air, I was telling you that back in the day, 25 years ago, when I went vegan, there were two options, soya milk sweetened soy, uh, with apple juice, soya milk unsweetened. Now, of course, the <laughs> supermarkets are full of plant-based milks. And of course, I'm delighted and I'm mm-hmm. loving that, you know, people have got so much choice. But why is, is Joy different? I mean, it's kind of it's like a home, you're, you're kind of making your own milk, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we like to think of the market in three segments, if you will. So we have the typical like boxed milks that you would buy at the store, and these are usually mass produced um, and typically are cheaper, but they also have a lot of preservatives and additives in there uh, to ensure that long shelf life. And then the second uh, sector that we like to look at is the more, the cleaner uh, produced milks that you can buy in the store. And those usually have less ingredients, but their shelf life is very short. Um, mm. And they tend to be quite expensive as well because you're paying for that convenience. Um, and then the other one is making it at home, which is obviously the most preferred option. And you can make it exactly how you like it, whenever you want. And so Joy is really catering to those consumers who are looking for that homemade quality and that customization, but at the convenience and price point of the uh, box milks or the milks that you buy in the store. 
So that's how we like to look at it. It's kind of like a new product category in our eyes. Yeah, it sounds like it. But (laughs) what's the difference between someone just literally making them, like buying a bag of nuts and putting them in the blender Mm -hmm. and grinding them up and adding water or or whatever they do? Because I believe water is the main ingredient that you add to to yours. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between someone just saying, well, they can just do that versus uh, buying uh, Joy products? Yeah, so we used to do that all the time. Uh, Each of us individual founders used to make almond milk at home all the time. And you find, especially if you drink quite a lot, which we did, or if you have a bigger family, making it on that consistent basis is actually quite time consuming. Uh, It requires some effort as well. And the shelf life is very short. So you find you want to make a bigger batch, but it might only end up in your fridge for like three days and then it expires. You have to make another batch. Uh, with our product, you're really getting that convenience. You can make it anytime you want. You can blend it up whenever you And the shelf life in particular of our product, because it's a concentrate, is very long. Uh, so, for example, our almond base can last in your pantry. It doesn't even have to be refrigerated for up to 18 months. So you can oh, really wow. have that convenience to go to your pantry, make it whenever you want, um, and make as much as you want, which is another big factor. And, and then when you make it, um, and then once you've made a batch, so say you make mm-hmm. you know a fairly large batch, and then you put you then have to put it in the fridge, and then how long would you have yeah. to last before you drank it? So our product actually lasts seven to ten days in the refrigerator, so it's actually oh, longer wow. than if you were to make it yourself. Um, and it does separate, but you just shake it up to go. Wow, that's great! So I'm just getting my head back because <laughs> I'm one of those vegans who doesn't. Do my, I do as little as I can in the kitchen let me put it that way I do make a fresh fruit smoothie <laughs> for our breakfast in the morning but like when it comes to meals and stuff so whenever we get homemade stuff I'm always kind of curious so how easy is it for say someone like me who's a bit of a lazy in the kitchen type vegan <laughs> you know what what do I do exactly I just want to make sure people get a clear idea of the product before we dive into the business side of it of course uh, we like to recommend you just add a tablespoon to every cup of water to a blender blend it up and it's ready to go uh, and you can add whatever flavoring you want if you want a sweetener or cocoa yeah, powder. Yeah, I was going to say, I no like when we got, yeah, okay, so yeah. you can add a little bit of, okay. Yeah, Fantastic. and then um, we actually recently launched our oat milk powder, which is even more uh, convenient. You can just mix that up with a spoon or with a little hand whisk as well, um, and it's ready to go. Fantastic. Amazing. So talk us through a little bit, you know, your journey. So it's interesting. I, I, I think your, your your founding story is so interesting because this was a thesis project. <laughs> I think you all were doing, your, you've got four co-founders, I believe, and you were doing an MBA and you all had reasons for not having dairy. Like I said, you, you were saying you're lactose intolerant. I think one of the other founders is vegan and uh, you know, someone else wanted to save the planet. I love that you all kind of happened to meet on this MBA program and none of you were like drinking dairy and you came up with this project. So talk us through that and how you first started the business, including maybe some of the challenges that you you found, you know, because it's one thing to go from the theory and the thesis project to actually launching a business. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so my founders and I met during grad school uh, and we were each at the time consuming almond milk for different reasons. So like you mentioned, I'm lactose intolerant, uh, Tony is vegan and Dave is uh, sensitive to dairy. So at the time, we we all saw the benefits of making fresh homemade almond milk. And um, when it came to this thesis project, it's a sustainability project. We really wanted to tackle that issue of uh, 
packaging waste in the food and beverage industry. And since we all shared this uh, passion for fresh homemade almond milk, we were wondering how we could provide that to the masses. Uh, so the, the thesis project was actually a machine that would make fresh almond milk in the grocery store. So all you would need to do is dispense it and take it home. Um, and uh, throughout the project, uh, it was a very fun experience. Uh, and we, we got a lot of great uh, feedback from that. And after that, we were like, this is actually something that a lot of people are very interested in and would, would want. Um, so we decided to pursue it. Uh, but after a lot of customer development and even after building like a massive prototype, which was actually the size of a fridge, we were, <laughs> we were saying, we were, we were like, people aren't going to want to invest in this massive piece of machinery, machinery which is essentially is a glorified blender. Um, so we decided to pivot and really look at the, the main aspect, which was the ingredient itself um, that would go into it. And that's really how joy came about as of this day. Wow. So what were some of the, so apart from it, so once you actually launched it and you nailed your product, so to speak, um, mm -hmm. what were some of the, the key challenges you found then in, you know, kind of launching the business? Um, one of the difficulties, which was maybe more, more personal, was that we were all in different places. I mean, this is pre-COVID, so working remotely was not, not really uh, something that we were used to. Uh, but most importantly, I was in Hong Kong at the time. So I, my student visa had run out and I had to go home and we were all in our own respective home countries and cities. Uh, so really trying to get together during those crucial times of customer development or uh, pitches for investors and things like that, getting together was very tricky to navigate. Um, and for me, I was flying in and out of the US, which was uh, <laughs> a little suspicious in the eyes of the immigration officers. Uh, so <laughs> that was really tricky on my end. Um, but I think the, the main challenge and the difficulty, but ultimately the most rewarding part was the pivot that we made from being a hardware to a CP to a food product. Um, and, you know, after investing so much time and also our own money into that original idea and that original concept, and having to switch was difficult, but very rewarding. And ultimately, it was the customers and all the people that we spoke to that helped drive that decision. Uh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important um, because sometimes I think business owners can be very wedded to their product, like you say, especially if you've invested your time, yeah. you've invested your money in it, you can get kind of stuck to it. So I think it's really great that you, you were very smart in listening to what customers said to say, no, we want this and, and took that decision mm -hmm. to, to pivot. So I really appreciate you sharing that. So um, where are the products sold? I know obviously you've got your, your website where people can buy them. Are they in any retail stores yet at the moment? Tell us a bit about where, where they're available. Uh, so we were and are digital by design. Uh, we really wanted to learn as much as we could about our product, about our customers, um, and test different types of language because there is a educational portion to joy uh, and how to use it and what it is since it was a very new or is a very new type of product. Um, so having that relationship and open communication with all of our customers and clients was really important to us. Uh, so we started out digitally and we still are primarily digital. Uh, we have tested uh, in 
retailers, so like pop-ups. And at there's this small store in LA called Erewhon, which is a very specialty store. Um, so we tested our product there, and it's a retail is a whole nother beast, um, mostly in design and packaging, uh, which we which at the time we weren't we knew that was a challenge for us because being able to communicate what our product was to a consumer who's never seen our site, never read anything about us, all they have is just those eight seconds to pick up your product and decide whether they want to use it. Uh, that is a big challenge that we definitely. Uh, knew that we had to face eventually. Uh, so all of those learnings from being digital are hopefully will lead us up to that, which is something we definitely see in the near future. Right. And like you said, I think as we were discussing before, this is almost like a new product category um, for people to yeah. get used to. So you're kind of leading the way. And I guess that's a smart idea to like get people to, you know, really create that buzz around your brand online so that they recognize it when mm -hmm. they do eventually see it on the shelves. So mm -hmm. um, and presumably, do you so when you say you're mainly digital? So are you um, predominantly from your own website or do you are you also using other online retailers like Amazon and places like that? Yes, we're on Amazon. Uh, we're also on Thrive Market uh, and our website. And we also like to work with other like-minded businesses that are online. Um, so we're on various platforms. <laughs> gotcha. And I noticed that you have a, both a rewards program and you've got a subscription model. Um, tell us about the benefits of mm -hmm. those. Yes. So uh, we like to view our product as a staple in people's kitchens. Um, it the uh, the main concept is to make milk, but a lot of, of our customers and clients also like to use it for the bases in their dairy-free recipes and things like that. Uh, so it is something that they use actively every day. So we introduced the subscription program so people didn't have to think about or worry about restocking and running out of their milk. So we create this program where you can pretty much just decide how often you want to have joy delivered to you. You don't have to think about it and it will just come to you on those, uh, on that schedule. Um, and you can cancel or change anytime you want. You can swap your order with however you want. Um, the rewards pro uh, program is very fun for us because that allows us to give our most loyal customers that opportunity to have a more discounted product. Um, and we also give them access to like our new new flavors that might be coming or early access to products that we're testing and things like that. Great. So you found that helpful in order to I guess to get that kind of yeah. brand loyalty and to get them to share and kind of brave and make them feel special. And yeah. And it's ultimately all it's all about convenience and you know people just want something very inexpensively and convenient. For sure. Where are they? Um, where are the products manufactured, Izzy? Where Where are they manufactured and shipped from? We have manufacturing partners across the U.S. Um, it really depends on the flavor and uh, the ingredients. We like to source as local as possible. Fantastic. And I noticed you sell at the moment because I did look. I was like, well, it'd be nice to try. I noticed you you only ship uh, within the U.S. at the moment. Um, why is that? And have you got plans to expand internationally? Oh, definitely. So we're predominantly in the U.S. and also Canada. We have a great partner in Canada called Switch Grocery. Uh, so they help us distribute products over there. And we look at international opportunities more on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, so we're open to everything, but we're predominantly in the U.S. Um, 
mostly because all of us are here, but also the U.S. market is just a lot of opportunity, and the people here are very aware and education uh, educated about plant-based products and the benefits and everything like that. So there's a lot of opportunity for us here, but we definitely yeah. hope to uh, go international very soon. Right. So you're testing the market, I guess, within the US yeah. where you're based. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Now, talk us a little bit about how COVID impacted the business, because it's interesting. I've, I've interviewed, obviously, interviewed a lot of people, and some of them said that actually, particularly with an online business or e-commerce, COVID has actually been good, like business has been good for them. I won't say COVID has been good, obviously, but what I mean is that the, the <laughs> situation um, has, has actually been beneficial for some businesses, um, but it's also been challenged for, for others as well. So tell us a little bit about um, how 2020 and COVID has impacted Joy. <laughs> oh, COVID. Um, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were very fortunate, I have to say, uh, in that we were an e-commerce business and especially here in the US, uh, people were really looking to stock up on products that had long shelf life, uh, that were bulk, and that were essentially staples or commodities in their kitchen. And luckily, joy is inherently all of those things. So we saw a massive uptick in sales during COVID, and it's been continuing, which is wonderful for us. Um, so as horrible as the whole situation was, we were very fortunate as a business um, during that time. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear that people are stocking up on things other than toilet rolls, <laughs> because apparently I believe yeah. Australia started the trend that, you know, when COVID <laughs> hit, suddenly, you know, someone posted, I think, one picture of an empty toilet roll thing in one of the supermarkets here, and then suddenly everyone rushed to get toilet roll. So I'm glad that people are stocking up on something. <laughs> I thought that was know, the US. <laughs> I think everybody, maybe it happened simultaneously, but it was just some bizarre thing. But I'm glad that they <laughs> decided that, that joy was important as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about your your audience. So who are your main, I know you've, it seems that you're doing a lot of work, um, you know, finding out who your customers are, you know, having that direct relationship mm-hmm. with them. Can you talk, you know, predominantly, I know it's maybe, you know, a little bit anecdotal, but who are your main customers in terms of demographics? You know, whether that's kind of age, you know, is it mainly millennials or um, mm-hmm. what kind of uh, people are actually buying the product? Uh, so we've kind of grouped our consumers into three categories. Uh, so our first, ma- the majority of our customers are uh, parents, mostly mothers, uh, and we like to call them our chief health officers. Uh, so they're the ones sorry, who are the decision makers at home when it comes to what gets stocked in the in the house, uh, the dietary needs of the family and things like that. Uh, so that's predominantly female uh, between the ages of 25 to 34, I would say. Um, the second group, uh, we'd like to look at them as uh, food conscious individuals. So those are people who are... Um, have more restricted diets or like vegan, dairy, dairy uh, lactose intolerant, dairy sensitive, or people who have very uh, sensitive allergies. Um, those are people who very much focus on the ingredients of products and certifications and the nutrition facts and things like that. Uh, and the third are the health conscious individuals. So these are people who like to track their macros or nutritional intake um, and Interestingly enough as well, also uh, a demographic which is slightly older, um, who typically are like empty nesters or people who are new grandparents who are Mm -hmm. looking after their health and interested in healthy foods. 
So that was a more surprising but really fun group of people. Um, how are you finding out that information about your customers? Because you answered very clearly there, those three different uh, groups of mm-hmm. people and the different age groups. How are you gathering that information? Do you send out customer surveys or how do you how do you get that information on your customers? Yes. So that was that's one of the benefits of being a digital company is that we have access to all that information and we have that close relationship to those customers. But we do love to send out surveys, learn about who our customers are, what their preferences are, and the reasons for their choices and things like that. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. What um, marketing, so you launched in 2016, um, what marketing Mm -hmm. strategies have you used and what's particularly working well for you right now? So we actually launched in 2019 was our, when we launched our D2C uh, aspect of our company. Um, And because it's all online, social media has been huge for us, um, particularly Instagram and Facebook, um, and now some newer channels like TikTok, (laughs) which we're still learning about. Um, So these are all ways, because our product is quite new and you need some education, using videos and imagery has been very beneficial for us. Uh, Are you seeing any results from TikTok? I know you said you're still kind of experimenting. How are you finding it uh, TikTok is a way for us more to communicate how easy the product is and, uh, and quick recipes and things like that. So we're still playing with it, but it's a, just a way for us as a brand to kind of communicate how our product is used and things like that. Right. Um, we're still exploring. Yeah. So predominantly um, social media. So are you doing mainly organic or, you know, paid ads? What, what What's the kind of breakdown there in terms of social? Both. Both are very important. And also we have an influencer program too, uh, or an affiliate program. So, uh, you know, word of mouth is a huge thing, but also people who follow these people, who who follow these influencers or these bloggers um, that follow their lifestyle has been huge for us as well. Right. Oh, good. That's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it's interesting because sometimes you hear, oh, you know, some marketers say, oh, influencer marketing is dying out or it's dead. But I'm not really seeing that. So it's good to know that you're you're you do use influence. How do you choose which influencers you work with? Fun part was that people were coming to us in the beginning. So we didn't have a program for affiliates or influencers in the beginning. People would just come to us and be like, oh, your product looks really interesting. Can I try it? And, and then when they did, they'd be like, oh, I would love to share this with my followers. Can we work something out? And we were like, of course. <laughs> so that's how it all started. Um, and now we actively look for people who follow the lifestyles, but also our values that we look for, that our, us as a company follow, um, and people who, who, who also value those things. So we, it's a bit of both. We reach out, but also people come to us, which has been nice. Got it. Now, obviously, the plant-based milk industry, plant-based, the whole kind of plant-based dairy category is very much growing. Um, are you in, in Like at the moment, like, are you literally the first of your kind, like doing what you do? Because I'm, I'm curious. And if so, how do you, you know, see that you'll be able to continue to stand out? you know, from other mm-hmm. so-called competitors. And I've put competitors in air quotes because obviously we're all on, on a similar mission. But um, talk us through a little bit about that. So as far as we know in the U.S., uh, we are the first plant-based concentrate of our kind. Um, now, uh, we are obviously following in the footsteps of instant milk, which we don't like to associate with because it's more 
you know, has a little bit of a negative connotation. Um, but as far as we know, for plant-based industry, we are one of the first. Um, and we actually have a patent pending process in how we make our products. Uh, so that gives us a little bit of protection, you know, patents go only go so far. Um, but that has really been able to differentiate us from other products in the market um, or newer products that are coming out now that are similar. Um, there are some more like frozen concentrates as well. Uh, but in terms of an actual shelf stable product like ours, we like to think of us ourselves as the first. <laughs> mm, wonderful. I'm glad to see it. I say, you know, I'm just loving seeing all the different innovation that, that's coming out. So that's exciting. Um, tell us a bit about how the business, I know you mentioned at the beginning, you put your own money in when you thought you were going to be a hardware mm-hmm. company. So tell us a bit about how the business has been funded to date and why you've gone down that route. Yeah. So yes, in the beginning, we were bootstrapping ourselves uh, pretty much all up until 2016 when we started the company. Um, and then our seed round was essentially family and friends, actually. Um, we really wanted to have that opportunity to test things out, uh, have that freedom without you know, feeling completely obligated to a large investor, which obviously, you know, like with our family and friends, we don't want to take advantage as well. Uh, <laughs> but there was a little bit more wiggle room there. Um, and uh, we had so many people who were so supportive of what we were doing that it just felt right to to have that as our seed round. Um, but we are in the process of preparing for a Series A uh, right at the moment. You are wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I know. So, just talk me through. So, when you say you launched direct to consumer in 2019, but the company was mm-hmm. founded in 2016, was it between those three years that you were working on the hardware product? Um, uh yes and no it was a little bit of a mix so we pivoted probably around the time that we started uh but we were developing the base product during that time and we had also uh did a soft opening i guess you could say a soft launch of our wholesale side of our business so we also provide joy to restaurants cafes chefs and uh people of the like uh, who wants that homemade quality product without having to invest the time into making it themselves. Uh, so we were actually doing that the year before, uh, before we launched D2C. And that was also a wonderful way for us to test the product and um, really have that connection to those types of customers. Right, right. So you still got that. You're still supplying food yeah. service as well as the D2C. Got it. Um, and is this like your full-time gig for all of you like or are you you know do you, how, oh yeah how it is yeah <laughs> we are 100 fully invested in this wow amazing amazing I love it um and then just finally just talk us through a little bit about any of the key lessons you've learned like I don't know if this is this your first business like for all of you that you'd launched it is my first business yes um okay. so oh I you know, every day is a learning experience. I don't know everyone says that, but it's so true. I think for me, the biggest learning was more about myself. And this, I count the whole process to include the thesis project because that's really where the concept started all the way up until right now. Um, I think my biggest learning is is how much I've grown as a person, uh, how much I've learned as a person and about myself. Um, 
you know, when I first started out, I would never have dreamed of myself ever becoming an entrepreneur or in the food industry or anything like that. I am typically very risk averse. <laughs> uh, so for me to leap into this into this passion project and go in full heartedly was 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 very big for me. It was very life changing, um, and I would 100% recommend it to anybody. I love that. I love that because when I I interviewed more than 65 vegan business owners and entrepreneurs for my book, Vegan Ventures, and one of the questions I asked Mm -hmm. is, what personal quality do you feel you need to be a business owner? And the key one that came out was resilience. Um, Because like you say, you know, it is risk versus it's very up and down. This is very up and down. And there's the highs and then there's the the lows. So I love that you shared that. And some people have said that it's the biggest form of personal development, like you've just touched on as well. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I like that you, you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and just any, just to wrap up then, any, what's the kind of the plans or the vision for the future? Oh, uh, we have lots of exciting things coming up. Um, I did mention how excited we were for retail. So we're hoping to go into retail within the next six to 12 months. Um, and that involves a more refreshed look for our product um, that is more shelf friendly. So that's a big project of mine that I'm very excited about. Um, and also another thing that's very exciting, which is something that we wanted to do from the very beginning, but it wasn't feasible as a startup was we're really transitioning into more sustainable packaging. Uh, so the oat milk powder that we recently launched that is in a 100% compostable pouch, which is very cool. Um, and then for our more paste products, those will be transitioning away from plastic, which is wonderful for us. Um, it's something we always wanted to do so happy to share that too yeah I love that that's Uh, such a big one for so many um business is that packaging because sometimes there's you're limited to what you've got but we're starting again to see innovations in this area as well so it's great that you're you're doing that fantastic well look it's been wonderful speaking with you oh let me ask you did you with the thesis did you finish the thesis did you all get your MBAs like what what happened there (laughs) you did yay I hope you got all very good, excellent marks because you not only did a thesis, you brought something fantastic into the world. I'm very pleased to hear that. It's been lovely speaking with you, Izzy. Congratulations to you and your your co-founders. And we'll look forward to hearing more about um, Joy. If you want to find out more about Joy, you can go to their website, which is addjoy, A-D-D-J-O-I.com. If you're watching this episode, you can see the link scrolling along the bottom of your screen. And if you're listening on audio, you can find a link to that on the show notes page for this episode. Thank you so much, Izzy. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much, Katrina. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.
Yeah, 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 yeah.